war in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, happy Monday. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. It is Easter Monday. I think we still can call it that. Hope you had a uh, nice weekend. We've been through a lot, much better than it was uh, as far as Easter-wise, just seeing people than it was two years ago, of course. 2020 was the worst of that. Folks, this portion of the program brought to you by PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. They're officially open for the season. See the beautiful selection of pansies, pansy flats, pansy bags, hangers, bowls, assorted colors, PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center, where they have beautiful hydrangeas, and the colors are incredible. Blue, white, pink, daffodils, tulips, hyacinthias. They carry a lot of landscape material, too, including screen loom, black, brown, hemlock, and mulch. Uh, Stop it and see them. Crushed stone. Gift certificates are available. It's Rhode Island's number one garden center. They're open. Listen, stop in. There's a good week. Do some of your spring planting. Located right off of Route 4, 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown. They are terrific. Steve and Debbie and Junior and Byron, they're open seven days a week. Folks, shop local, and on top of that, quality is fantastic. It's PR, Landscape Materials, and Garden Center. Well, folks, as always, visit the website, dipetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com, and um, you're going to see the story. Actually, there's a lot of local stories and stories you won't get anywhere else. Um, and don't forget, dipetro.com, which is, in fact, brought to you by Brood Awakenings. Discover the brood difference, two locations at Johnston, one in Cranston and then also Bald Hill Road. Delicious food, whether it's breakfast or lunch or just into the afternoon. You want to have something to eat, uh, but it's a great place to meet with people. If you're going to be meeting with someone, and for many people that maybe you work from home, sometimes I see people that say, you know, I just wanted to get out and be where there were some people instead of just being home alone. You can uh, check out the brood difference at Brood Awakenings. Folks, check out the website, tobedro.com. McKee, lowest poll numbers in New England. So Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee, the press, the uh, primary now, the Democrat primary gubernatorial is coming up in just five months. And according to the Boston Globe, Governor Dan McKee is slightly more popular than President Joe Biden in Rhode Island, which is not saying a lot. New polls shows both Democrats find themselves underwater when it comes to how people think of them handling the COVID, the uh, pandemic, which is still, folks, the numbers are rising again. Now, the uh, McKee approval rating ticked up from 34 percent in January to 40 percent in March. But that's before this poll was done before word came out about the FBI probe into him. How about Biden's approval rating is now 37 percent? Do you know what that means? He's down 20 points of the margin that he won in 2020. McKee also is the least popular governor of New England. He trails every governor of New England. His approval rating is 39% in Rhode Island. Think of that, 39%. Can someone really get elected with a 39% approval rating? The governor of Vermont, 59%. Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker, 55%. Connecticut Governor Ned Lamont, 50%. New Hampshire Governor Chris Sununu, 45%. Governor of Maine is Governor Mills, 42%. Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee. 37 percent. And again, this is before word broke about the FBI probe into his administration. Now, Attorney General Peter Narona announced last week two investigations into the McKee administration. They expect are going to wrap up. Um, uh, they're nearing their conclusion. Now, one, actually, it's Bud Craddock of the DMV, and it has to do with this renting to the brothels. I don't um, that that's not fair. He inherited Craddock. I was surprised no one asked Craddock about that when they had the license plate uh, press conference. But anyhow, uh, that one isn't fair. But two big ones are, in fact, his former chief of staff, Tony Silva, 
Now, that investigation has been going on since last August. And then the latest is the ILO contract, where there was a state investigation, also an FBI investigation. Now, here's the most important thing, or one of the most important things I should say about Governor McKee. Anyone that's thinking that that ILO FBI investigation is going to wrap up quickly, I want to remind you, Attorney General Peter Narone said they're, they're nearing their conclusion. So we're almost into May here, and it's still not done. Um, so the fact that the FBI is investigating the McKee administration, I mean, is there anyone that really thinks that this thing is going to wrap up between now? The primary is less than five months away. And I recognize Governor McKee's going all out. He is throwing money in anything that moves, uh, obviously throwing, uh, trying to throw a lot of money to the laborers with the whole Superman fiasco, the uh, uh, super scam, as some people are calling it. I, I think he's in for a tough haul because his opponents haven't even started hitting him. Let's see where his approval rating is when the commercials start to hit with the uh, you know very dramatic music and the black and white slow motion with the FBI investigation. Folks, on this Monday, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by J. Perry Paving. Hey, why not get your driveway paved? That'll improve the value of your home and it looks better. Residential, commercial, seal coating, and also patios. Letter J, J. Perry Paving. Free estimate, any project, call them 401-732-1730. 401-732-1730. Free quote. They'll give you a free quote for your business. Free estimate, I should say. And remember, with letter J, J. Perry Paving. Licensed, insured, contracting company. They're going to help you meet your client needs, no matter how big or how small the job it's J. Perry Paving. And maybe, hey, maybe have asphalt for your driveway. Affordable, smooth, safe to drive on, aesthetically appealing. J. Perry Paving. Call them today, 401-732-1730. And they'll do a fantastic job. And remember, if you're a veteran, no one is better for veterans. Or if you're related to one, contact J. Perry Paving and say, my father's a veteran, my mother's a veteran, my grandfather, grandmother, aunt, uncle, boyfriend, Give them a call today, 401-732-1730, and look for them on Facebook. It's J. Perry Paving. The problem with your heating system? Call R.E. Coogan Heating today, 401-732-6562. 24-hour emergency service, gas boiler, oil burner, Coogan Heating, 401-732-6562. They're helpful trustworthy reliable explore their services look for them on facebook and the website is recooganheating.com residential services as coogie says let us into your home don't fix it alone plumbing heating and cooling from winter to summer trained technicians provide 100 service one customer at a time from service calls maintenance agreements to installation re coogan heating proud to help residential customers and they pride themselves making customer service and satisfaction a top priority. Call them today. Now it's cold. It's going to remain cold. Call Coogan Heating today, 401-732-6562. It's Coogie. It's 24-hour emergency service. Hey, not long ago, our hot water tank gave out. What did I do? Did I panic? Did I try to fix it? I called Coogan Heating, 401-732-6562. Look for them on Facebook and then the website is recooganheating.com. Thing to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipetro.com. Just on the upper left, you just click uh, listen live. It's time for our segment, Politics This Week. Joining me, he is the managing editor, anchorrising.com. It is uh, Justin Katz. Justin, I'd like to start off with uh, Jessica, State Senator Jessica De La Cruz. Announced late last week that she is they, they don't exactly pull out, but she's suspending her campaign in the race for CD2. Uh, a lot of different speculation. It was an uphill climb. She she just made the announcement, um, the formal announcement a month ago. She announced actually pretty quickly when Congressman Jim Langevin uh, let it be known that he's not seeking uh, reelection. What, what do you uh, make that's? Managing editor at AnchorRising.com. Justin, your thoughts on State Senator Jessica De La Cruz withdrawing from this congressional district race, uh, too? 
Well, she was, it was kind of a long shot and early for her in her political career to make, be making this leap. So it was, it was, she was being a bit ambitious, especially not quite living in the district yet. So I think she was counting on and expecting a, a whole lot of support, national support, especially. And she did get some of it. I mean, Kathy Gregg of the Province Journal called her $65,000 taken a quarter meager. But I mean, if you compare to uh, speak with Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorrising.com. Justin, you were mentioning how um, it was a little bit of a long shot for State Senator Jessica De La Cruz. Yes, well, I mean, she was testing the waters to a large degree, I think. And it's early in her career for this kind of a move, uh, especially not living in the district. Uh, and I think she was expecting a lot more, probably a lot more support from from Washington and national movements because uh, she does kind of fit a mold of, of, you know, young female candidates Republicans have been field, fielding. So she probably had some indications that that was out there. And, you know, Kathy Gregg of the Providence Journal <laughs> called her, her $65,000 take for the first quarter meager, but it's not really. I mean, it's more than twice that Sabina Matos took for the first quarter as lieutenant governor in her campaign fundraising. So uh, I, I'm not sure... It, I mean, it wasn't a, a bad take, all things considered, but with a strong opponent in Alan Fong already in the race, uh, it probably makes sense. And so it's it's encouraging that, you know, she's she's pulling out of it in the right way, saying she's going to continue her work in the Senate and work with Alan Fong on building up the Republican Party. And that's all positive. So I think it was just, you know, she was she was testing to see see how much support there really was. And it wasn't quite there yet. Yeah, I think that's right. And also, um she she had not moved. It's a short amount of time window. You know, you're, you're trying to let's let's face it right now with the housing shortage. It's it's not easy to just decide the number one sell your house. Plus, you're going to move. She's got a family. Um, I, and I think, you know, it, as much as people may not say, you know, and people say they don't like all the money in politics, it's. Boy, it's there and it makes a difference in. Uh, former Cranston Mayor Alan Fung certainly made a loud statement when he, boom, walked up to the table and had reported fundraising of over half a million. So now you're going up against someone. I also I heard an interview she did on public radio and, you know, I, I think she started to realize a lot of the questions and, and uh, just the press would be sometimes adversarial. I think I even mentioned this, but every third question, every third question was about Trump is about January 6th. It was about, you know, the, the election of 2020. Uh, then it starts getting into abortion. It, it's, I think in your mind, you have the type of race and issue you want to run. And then suddenly, you know, you start doing even just, just one interview. And then it, 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 the, they're, they're focusing on things that maybe you don't think they're going to focus on and or that, that you don't think should be highlighted for the race. What do you make of the fact and what do you think it does to the race that she could have been neutral? She could have said, I'm going to withdraw. By the way, I think it was a smart move. Um, there's no sense if you if you this early on feel, you know, boy, this there's a, it would take a lot to move up this hill. I, I think you're better to, you know, stay in the state Senate, have that seat. But what do you make of the fact that she she could have remained neutral, but she did endorse uh, former Cranston Mayor Alan Fung over former Rep Bob Lancia, as opposed to she could have just said, I'm going to wait and see or. What do you think it does to the race? Well, I, you know, on, honestly, I, I, I like Bob Lancey and I think he's a, he's a good candidate and he was good in the general assembly. I, I don't, but I, I, I don't see his path versus Alan Fung at this point. Uh, and so it's, it's, you know, it's, she's kind of getting out ahead of the curve a little bit. It's, it's nice to say, you know, when this is one of the things that personal relationships among people in the GOP would be helpful with, but it's, so it's nice to say, I'm going to stay neutral for a bit. But it, I mean, it's kind of the obvious thing to do in the long run uh, and not a not a not a bad bet anyway. And it, it could have been a negotiated thing. Maybe, you know, it certainly doesn't it doesn't hurt her chances of, of finding work within a, a fun uh, office if he if he's elected or or and also it, it endears her to other people who, who might be supporting Alan Fung. So, I, you know, it, it's it, it makes a lot of sense, I think. And it, it kind of acknowledges the reality of the race. And I, I think you make a great point about about the news media. I, it's one of the big, big problems with having a biased news media that, that I don't think people fully, fully appreciate is you're, you're just not going to get candidates. And, and we've talked about this often where it's, it's not just the ones who are in there. I mean, they're, I guarantee you there are people, Rhode Islanders of a, a more conservative Republican bent who would run for office, but they look at the landscape and they know they're not going to be able to talk about anything they want to talk about. They're always going to be made to answer for the worst possible uh, people in, 
in their party and it's just not going to be a fair campaign and that has an effect right from the beginning of who even runs and in this case who continues to run yeah the interview um that i heard of her there was no question about biden which is remarkable considering you know his low approval ratings they're not getting anything done in washington there was there was nothing there were no questions asked about what i would consider you know negative aspects of things you could kind of hang on the Democrat candidate. There was nothing about defund the police. There was nothing about the squad. There was really no, there were no questions that I, I think Langevin has been very ineffective in Washington and, and hasn't, you know, it's so partisan. Uh, there was, there was nothing negative of the fact that he always basically deferred to Cicilline and, and uh, you know, he kind of, for the most part, by and large, even though he was there 20 years, voted exactly the way the leadership wanted him to um there were no questions that nancy pelosi is going to lose a lot of questions about you know your vote and you could put kevin mccarthy there but they don't even talk about the fact that to me it would be a positive having a republican in washington because you know they're going to take over the house it's just a matter of how many seats they're going to take over the house now with justin as far as bob lancia i i mean I, I agree with you. I, I don't understand. And, and I, I worry about people that become almost uh, with blinders on, you know, like nothing could get me out of this race. And I was the first one to declare none of those things matter to voters. I mean, the question is, in, in a race of Fung Lancia, who wins in Cranston? Who wins in Warwick? Who wins in Johnston? Who wins in Coventry and West Warwick? Two years ago, Jim Langevin beat Bob Lancey in every city in town. And I know people say at midnight it flipped over. But the bottom line is if you can't win. What, what is the point of, of, of staying in the race? Yeah, you know, I think that's the part of the long going, long running culture of, of Rhode Island on the right. I mean, it's it's just so easy to, you know, once you decide to run for office, all the seats are open. You can swoop all the way up to running for Congress or governor. I mean, there's Senate. There's just no, there's no infrastructure. There's no line to get in and there's no benefit to getting in a line. It's not as if the Republicans might take the state house at any, any given election and, and have, you know, and bring in their people to help run the government, you know, in good paying government jobs. So there's no, there's no incentive to stay together. So once somebody decides, you know what, I want to run and I, I, I'm going to do it. Uh, and this goes on and on. I mean, we, we saw it in the last gubernatorial race with Joe Trillo. I mean, just the, the animosity and the, the, the willfulness. There's such a low bar for, for running. And you do get at least a minimal amount of attention from the local media, which can be fun, especially if you're in your late career. Uh, so I, I think that's just there are real structural issues on the right. And that, that's a, in Rhode Island. And that's a that's a big marker of it, I think. No, he was uh, Bob, uh, representative or former rep, Bob Lance. He was at Mar-a-Lago uh, last week because Tom Holman, who I've interviewed many times, he's a big immigration guy. He had a, a book signing event or a book, a big book event out there. I guess he's going to book out. It was at Mar-a-Lago. And then President Trump popped in and said hello. So this opens up. There was some of the local media, you know, is, is Bob Lance going to receive an endorsement from President Trump. Number one, do you think that that might happen? And number two, would that have an impact on the race if, in fact, it happened? You know, I, I don't know if it um, <clears throat> if it does. I, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know if, if that would happen. Either the, President Trump has, has endorsed various candidates across the country, but I, I don't think he's completely, you know, just okay, he was at an event I, I attended, so I'm going to endorse him. You know, I think he's a little bit more involved in that. And so I think the calculations of the Rhode Island race really do uh, really do have an effect there. And, and Alan Fung, you know, one of his one of the things the media liked to hit him about was wearing a Trump hat. So he's not exactly an anti-Trump Republican. So I, I don't know that he's very vulnerable there. Um, and I, as far as effect on the race, you know, I I don't have any any data or anything to back it up, but I my sense is that Fung is going to be sufficiently strong against Lancia in a Republican, um, a Republican primary that he's, he's going to be able to overcome whatever hurdle a Trump endorsement of Lancia would, would create. Uh, And I I think not being, it it might not being the Trump endorsed candidate in the primary might even help him a little bit in a general election among the, the, the Democrats in the state. 
I agree with you. And also, I, I as much as the media is speculating on that, um, I think if anything, President Trump has, has become a little, you know, listen, every time he's been making some of these endorsements and they've been in some pretty high profile races, J.D. Vance in Ohio and also Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania, I, I think he looks at this race and looks at, you know, one guy, I, it comes down to money. You know, Bob Lancia, um, for all his efforts, has, has really been unable to raise a good amount of money and um, and he has spent a lot of the money that he's he's raised. So already he was already running third in the pack behind Jessica de la Cruz. I think Fung has outraced him possibly like ten to one ten to one, yeah. Uh ten times what he's raised. I, I don't think that would be happening. I don't think that would be happening and I, I think if it was gonna happen, it would have been if Bob Lancey had maybe been like a big Trump individual or help the president raise money or go into other states and campaign. You, you didn't see that. So I think, I think if anything, it just showed how, you know, certain members of the media simply because they were at the same event, then suddenly start saying, Oh, maybe there's an endorsement coming where, you know, there, there's a long road for that folks. Quick break, a lot more politics this week with Justin Katz right here on the John DePietro show. Propane Plus. For heating and cooling, call Propane Plus today in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. In Rhode Island, Propane Plus number 401-885-4209. It's the Johnson family. It's Propane Plus, the leading full-service provider of propane to Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Not only can they install your tank and schedule propane deliveries, but they can service your entire heating, cooling system, and install any propane or natural gas appliances. Locations in East Greenwich and also in Rehoboth. Remember, Propane Plus is energy for everyone. It's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and also now it's renewable. Online at propaneplus.com. Propane Plus, heating and cooling. In Massachusetts, call the Rehoboth office, 508-252-3359. And in Rhode Island, 401 401- 885-4209. You can depend on Propane Plus. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, Managing Editor, AnchorRising.com. So, Justin, last week, Governor McKee, I thought he was way over skis. Big announcement. Stephen Pryor, Mayor Alorza, they feel they've come up with a win-win on the Superman building. I think they got a long way to go. Uh, and quite frankly, there's nothing about this deal that I like. I think it's everything wrong, uh, total insider deal. The money is, is ridiculous to me. Um, let's break it down. Your thoughts on this so-called 111 Westminster, the Superman building package. Well, yeah, you know, it's, we should never expect that the politicians in Rhode Island are going to say, okay, we need to come up with a new approach. They're going to go with the same approach, giving money to special interests. And they're just going to keep trying to find new ways to, to process it. And one, one legislative session or another, it'll, it'll make it through one political season and they'll be able to something the people will be distracted or whatever. And they'll, they'll get it over the finish line. That's just how they operate. Uh, and that's what they're going to do. And so this is their their latest attempt. I mean, there's there's strange stuff in there. Like you, we're giving a company mil- tens of millions of dollars, uh, but they're going to give a half half million dollar to Crossroads, you know, homeless shelter every year. I mean, it's just why why would that even be part of this package? Right. You, you're yeah. just gonna just little details like that. You know immediately that they're not paying it. You know, the taxpayers are going to be giving it to them. They're going to shuffle it back to crossroads. Okay. Maybe that's a good thing in the end. Maybe not, but, but it's just such a scam and that's, that's just how they do it in Rhode Island. And the reality of it is if the building was desirable, people would be lining up to get there. It's an old building. It needs a lot of work. And I'm not sure housing is even the, the best the best sort of uh, a thing to, to, to put there, especially, you know, you've got a lot of parts and pieces, electronics that need to run through walls and accommodations for people living there uh, that need to be updated. So it's maybe not even the best way to do it, but the only way it's going to happen at this point uh, in Rhode Island's current state is if government subsidizes it hugely. And I don't believe the price tag. I have, I, I have a sneaking suspicion. This is going to be one of those jobs that a, a year or two, three in suddenly, Oh, we don't have enough. We need more from the taxpayers. I, I just have a feeling that's the way it's going to be. And so uh, ultimately what, what, where they ought to focus in government is 
improving the, the economy in Rhode Island, which would make the land more valuable, which would make it worth some private company's time to renovate the building without or at least with minimal taxpayer subsidies and at their own risk. But that's off the table because, as I said, the politicians, they're not going to change. They've got their game plan and it, it never, they never suffer for it. So they're just going to keep playing it. You know, the thing about this <clears throat> high rock development, they, so they paid $33 million for it right before the housing bubble burst uh, in 2008. So paid 33 Then they they said to Bank of America, either lease the entire building because Bank of America had office and several floors or, you know, or, you know, you're out and Bank of America passed. So then they lost their tenant. Speaker Fox was in office. Um, my my indications were that they when I remember at the time, they thought they were going to get a, a 38 studios type of thing. And I think the working number was even around. They initially wanted 75 million. Then, as we know, 38 studios did not. You know, it collapsed and then the building has sat vacant for nine years. Now it's worth, I think, 12, possibly 14 million. But you just wonder if someone came along with 10 million in cash, uh, what they would do with it. But Justin, to me, what? why would we spend over 200 million on a building that's basically worth, you know, 12 million with very high property taxes? If someone was sitting on the sidelines and said, you know, Hey, I'm thinking of buying this, and if I could get get state subsidies, maybe I would do it, make it happen. But this is backwards, you know. The developer he bought it, he has done nothing with it, is sat vacant, and now what I saw were a lot of political agendas. From Governor McKee thinks that this will help him. Mayor Lorza was at the press conference. He thinks you know he can go out say that they had a a deal and it wasn't vacant, even though it has sat vacant his entire time he's been mayor. Stephen Pryor, who wants the deal because he wants to run for general treasurer. I don't see, and I think you're right, this becomes the ultimate money pit. They're saying, what, $220 million? You and I both know cost overruns plus inflation. Plus right now, you know, with the building trade, sometimes you can't even find things. Who knows what's going to happen with Russia and China? Justin, in, in the blink of an eye, this thing could, you know, shoot past $300 million, and then the taxpayers on the hook. So I... I agree with you. I mean, do they ever learn? This is, uh, you know, betting on uh, on different businesses and trying to pick winners. And this state subsidies subsidized type of thing, I, I don't see how this helps the taxpayers. Oh, no, not at all. It's, it's not about that. It's about union jobs and an election year and all, as you said, all the political, the political agendas that are going on. And it's, it's just going to it's going to be a boondoggle. And it, it it'll change when the politicians start paying a price for this sort of thing. And we, you know, if we, if it turned into another 38 studios, maybe, maybe that would help to move us to that, to that place. But until then, you know, it's just, it's the same old thing. It's the socializing the risk and privatizing the reward. So if, if they make a lot of money, they'll get rich. And if it fails, they'll, it, the bills on the taxpayer and, and we'll, you know, Oh, this iconic building, the public has to help us pay for this. No, we don't. No, we don't. What the public has to do is, as I said, increase the value of property in Rhode Island for everybody by making it a great place to live and, and, and work. That's what right. will, will get us out of this. There's no upshot. Rhode Island is not repairing itself. There's nothing in a future Rhode Island's economy that says these buildings are going to be worth more. We're not going to strike oil uh, underneath the bay. And if we did, we wouldn't be permit ourselves to dig for it anyway or drill for it anyway. So, I mean, there's, there's just no, there's no, no vision for Rhode Island's future right now. And that's the real problem. And as long as that's the case, it's just, it's a guaranteed loss because it, it's going, there's the property values, they'll swing with the national economy, but they'll go down eventually. And we're just so much at the whims of all of that sort of stuff. You're, you're not going to win, which is why nobody wants to buy it. Private enterprises know this and they know that if you don't get a sweet deal that saves your risk from the government, you're just you're going to lose money. And that's that's where we are. And I say they, they ought to lose the money. They made the bet. They lost. Sorry. That's right. how it works. Yes. And if, if they had, as I had said, you know, he bought it for 33 million, this developer, High Rock. If they had been able to flip it, uh, you know, two years later at 50 million, it, it's not like the state or the city would have seen any extra money. You go down to Newport, he's, they are, they're a real estate developer. And if they had taken that 33 million and bought property in Newport, it would probably be, they would have doubled, the, at least doubled their money, if not tripled their money, but they didn't. They bought that building for, you know, for whatever reason, or 
Somebody thought they had it. Now they're sitting back and they're still trying to recoup their investment. But but Justin, I, I agree with you. You know, we've seen other buildings. There's there's a new Yankee Stadium. There's there's a new Gillette Stadium. There's there's different buildings. That that building uh, that is was built in the twenties. It it just doesn't work. You could have something that would work in that space and help downtown. This business that you know they've come up with the iconic and oh we have to preserve it and you know they even the, you never heard the term Superman building until after the guy bought it and then realized that he was going to be on the hook for it. So <laughs> and and if you go to Newport, there's a lot of uh, expensive hotels and properties that were built. And they didn't get all of these types of monies. It, it is a matter of when you have Sabatoni there for the laborers, it's about the amount of cash contribute or just campaign donations that are going to funnel in uh, during this election year. So I, I want to see the fight. I think the public is in a sour mood and I don't I don't think they're um, they're going to get this thing over the finish line. Folks, another quick break. Much more ahead. Politics this week with Justin Katz right here on the John DePietro Show. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body today, 401-272-3340. Were you in an auto accident, someone damaged your vehicle? Folks, it can happen, whether it's people not paying attention, a drunk driver, people texting and driving. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401 401- 272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Remember, with West Fountain Auto Body, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. Call them today. If you were in an accident, drunk driver, someone texting and driving, minor fender banner, even a nearly totaled vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body today. 401-272-3340. They'll handle everything for you, the original, the best, and if you're in an accident and a tow truck pulls up, tell them, bring that car over to West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340, 401-272-3340, West Fountain Auto Body, located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. They'll work for you, not the insurance company. If you're in an accident, call West Fountain today. Get it repaired, 401-272-3340 portion of the program brought to you by the Coesed Inn. Check them out on the website, depetro.com, the Coesed Inn, or Rhode Island tradition since 1977, located 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge, whether a nice dinner or even just appetizers. There's always a great crowd. You can link directly to them and gift certificates are available. The Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. Brothers Disposal. Call Brothers Disposal today. Get a purple dumpster for your driveway. How do you know it's Brothers Disposal? Because it's a purple dumpster. Look for them on Facebook and give them a call for an estimate. 401-688-0517. Get a dumpster in your driveway. Maybe you're cleaning out your basement, your garage, unwanted belongings. Maybe you just have some things in boxes that you've never taken out. Clean it out with Brothers Disposal. They're also now offering weekly trash collection services. Call Brother Roland today at Brothers Disposal, 401 401- 6880517 whether it's a small household construction project or you just need a dumpster to get rid of some unwanted belongings call brothers disposal today come on brother call brothers disposal 401-688-0517 look for them on facebook brothers disposal get a dumpster in your driveway 401-688-0517 our segment is politics this week with me is justin katz managing editor anchorising.com. Justin, turning to the uh, race for governor, Helena Folks, boy, she is sitting on a lot of money. I just don't think she's broken through in any way, and I'm not sure that she's entirely tried to break through, but she put down a huge fundraising haul, and you know, the, the Democrats who control the state, well, you and I both know if they wanted to, they could certainly do something about all the money that's in politics. All they do is complain about it, but they're the ones that are raising all the money. But what do you make of the fact the uh, the campaign fundraising hall that she had that basically dwarfed Governor McKee with what had been his best fundraising quarter of 400,000? I think she brought in 1.4 million. 
Yeah, well, I mean, 400000 of that $1.3 for her was her own money, loaned right. her own campaign, which is, you know, it, it goes to show the, the amount of money that if, if they're in that aristocratic class of people who think they ought to run the country, the money's there to find. And Raimondo was very good, good at finding that. And so she's just yep. sort of taking on that mantle. So I, you know, the, the money itself doesn't quite impress me. And I'm not seeing, you know, there's not, it's not as if there's a huge groundswell of support for her on the ground. There's, she, she has moneyed friends and she's able to make some connections and she's got to probably got to able to purchase a team and, and has the money to, to put that together to go raise money in a way that homegrown politicians don't, or, or at least don't really know how to do that. Uh, and so, you know, she, she, in that respect, she's kind of slick, but it's almost like you, it, you could almost tell the story that's her and a handful of people buying her a headline and trying to make her seem viable because there's nothing else she's done. She put out a, you know, a few weeks ago, an education policy report. It kind of fell flat because it was nothing new or, or exciting in it. Uh, and it, we see that kind of thing again and again. So I think it feels like just buying a couple headlines in a sense, I'm, I'm neck and neck with McKee money on the table, you know? Well, yeah, yeah, you are in a way, but in a way, you know, so what? And that's that's kind of my my feel about it. Yeah, the um, you raise a good point where we're at the point that the candidacy seems to be it's it's entirely built around money. If uh, her and you can you can even include the Republican candidate, if you take away their ability to put in their own money and bring a lot of money to the table, I, I don't think the candidacy is is you know is taken seriously. I think we're not hearing. That they have, you know, you go back through time. I remember when Steve Forbes had his flat tax idea and and say what you want about not only you, but Bernie Sanders, you know, a lot of his ideas of free college and things like that. Those the, the campaign was propelled by a lot of the issues that, you know, he felt passionately about and ideas he was bringing to the table, some more popular than others. But but with this, their entire candidacy. Uh, seems to be built around the fact that they can either self-fund or or bring a, a lot of money to the table. So I think, you know, here we are in the late April, the primaries in less than five months. I, I'm just curious to see when she does start to spend the money, exactly how it's going to be used. Is a lot of it going to be for a ground game? Are they going to be doing a lot of ballot harvesting, getting people out, collecting ballots, or are we going to be uh, bombarded on television? Now, uh, pivoting back to Governor McKee just for a moment. Last week, Attorney General Peter Narona did an interview on Channel 12 and said two of the investigations into Governor McKee, just two of them now, but he said they're nearing their conclusion. One is the former chief of staff, Tony Silva, with that land deal. And then the others on the, the DMV uh, head, Bud Craddock, who that was last June. I mean, this is incredible. It takes this long. Uh, what do you how much do you think these investigations and then the that just tells you, I mean, the FBI probe is not going to be wrapped up by the, the primaries in less than five months. Um, the Silva thing, investigation started last August and then the Craddock one started last June. What, what do you make of the investigations kind of hovering over the McKee administration? <laughs> well, they're, well, they're never good. And I, I yeah. don't think I mean, he could have the Craddock one. I haven't seen any indication has really anything to do with McKee as a as a politician or administrator. That's uh, true. It's just sort of around him. So that one he might have survived. But the, the civil one and, and let's let's be clear that the the investigations are almost done. And so a whole lot of the answer depends on what they conclude. If they say, yeah, McKee's corrupt, then that's a problem, is it? But if, if they just go, okay, that we saw nothing here, uh, it's just sort of a general stain. And I think that's what probably most people are expecting, at least with these two. Uh, but the, the, uh, the stain is still there. And especially with one still it's like a compounding effect with the ILO one still out there hovering it just it combines with the other two for a general feel and and as I've said just about every week I I don't think he's handling this well I think I don't think he's good under this kind of pressure uh, he's, he's not very confident about it and I, I don't think he's well suited to to address this sort of a challenge McKee that is and so I, I think this continues to hover the the saving grace for McKee as a saving grace for all the people who win in Rhode Island it seems is that his, his opposition isn't very impressive either and so it's not it's not as if it's a neck and neck race with somebody a real difficult decision between two competent administrators it's it's who is the least bad of an uninspiring bunch and when when you're 
you're the guy with three investigations during campaign season, even if two of them wrap up uh, relatively positively for your campaign, uh, it's not it's not a helpful thing. And I, I I'm not I'm not sure he it might take them out just the, the, these hovering investigations yeah. just because just because people who might support him over some somebody else have no reason to you know it's like eh, all right you know he hasn't done anything spectacular he's got these investigations i don't see a need to vote for him so whatever let the other person win folks again our segment is politics this week with me is justin katz managing at our justin last week lieutenant governor sabina matos she did formally kick off her announcement i think the most interesting photo was she was in the middle to her right was governor uh, rhode island governor dan mckee to her left was michael sabatoni of the building trades they're all grinning uh to me it's it's like in for a penny in for a pound and because of the superman building and everything else where talk about a gift to labor i mean that's a 200 million at least if not more building project and and let's you know, let's be honest. The, if you look around, the unions don't have anything close to that. Uh, that so those are all union jobs. By the way, just talking about the Superman building, I couldn't believe when Stephen Pryor said, "I can't wait. We're going to slap a PLA on that, which is a public labor agreement." That means it does not go up to bid. The unions immediately get the job. They're able to, you know, juice up the the price on it because it's not put out to bid. So they can charge 15, 20, maybe even twenty five percent more there's nothing sweeter to their ears than hearing pla because you know they were the ones that built the ryan center it can go for five million over cost because it's not being put out to bid uh that's the, the a lot of states outlaw these plas public labor agreements in rhode island it was even announced at the press conference but what do you make of the sabina matos uh camp campaign and her formally kicking off she'd like to now be elected lieutenant governor well, you know, it is what it is. Lieutenant governor is not a terribly exciting raise uh, in general. It, it's McKee's made it a little different by by pulling her in almost as part of his administration. And the identity politics thing piece of it makes a big deal. I mean, we were talking earlier about Jessica De La Cruz and the types of interviews she she's getting as a can when she was as a candidate for Congress. You, you flip over to a, di- a different story almost in the same paper uh, with Sabina Matos, and it's all about oh how she came from another country and she'd be the first. She was the first black woman to be elected to statewide office in Rhode Island. So as a, as a Democrat, you get all that extra goose as a Republican, you don't, it doesn't matter. You you're on the wrong side, but I, you know, the, the biggest thing for me, uh, so she's running against uh, Cynthia Mendez of the, the co-op, the Matt Brown group, the far left progressive and her, her whole attitude, as far as I've seen, especially on social media is just complete negative, cynical radicalism, anti, yeah. anti-American feel to it all. And here's Sabina Matos talking about how, how she's the first black woman to, she, as an immigrant and she's in first black woman in, in state office, you know, that politicians used to say, what a wonderful country, you know, they, yeah. they used to say, they used to give America the credit for that. And it was no matter what party they were in, that was, that was what America was all about. The American dream. You don't hear that. She, instead it's, yeah, you can look at me kids and see that, the, that you can do this, but there's no real, she's not setting up any contrast. So I, you know, I, I think, Compared to her her opposition, you know, it's, it's the theme, I guess, of of the of politics in Rhode Island. But compared to her opposition, I think she'll do pretty well. But I, I think it's just disappointing that 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 theme is just not is not available to them. It's it's insiders, as you point out, and it's it's all about just just them and and you know identity politics. And there's there's just nothing big to it. There's also the third female, Deborah Gerio from uh, uh, Jamestown, Representative Ruggiero, who's who's in that. Uh, so it's interesting on the Democrat side, Justin Getz, it's three women that are running. I think once you take Sabina Matos, her politics are very providence oriented. Uh, Cynthia Mendez, you know, she was part of the whole sleep out at the state house. But when, when you get outside of that, um, I just don't think their issues play in Cranston. North Providence, Warwick, North Kingstown, um, Sabina Matos. I, I, I would be shocked if she she wins this primary. Uh, and I know there's <laughs> going to be money behind her, but um, her on her own campaigning. I'm just trying to, you know, think if you're you're at an event and whether it's in Garden City or in East Greenwich or in 
you know, in uh, Exeter and Narragansett. And a lot of the issues she focused on there, you know, she was on the Providence City Council and wanted to support defunding the police. I don't think it's in lockstep with a lot of the traditional Rhode Island voters. I mean, we'll see. Finally, Justin Katz, Senate President Dominic Ruggiero did an interview. He actually, he um, spoke at a breakfast, but then he did an interview and he really went off on the political uh, co-op of Matt Brown, Cynthia Mendez. He has a someone challenging him. Uh, he went off on them to defund the police. They have outrageous demands, tax and spend. They have no solutions. I, I just think it's the most direct assault in some ways we've seen from an elected official on that whole co- on the whole uh, co-op collaborative. Well, to some extent, I mean, I, I can't help but, but you kind of hope they're starting to learn their their lesson. I mean, so you had Nick Mattiello, Speaker of the House, saying he's the firewall against the progressives. And yes. he lost to a Republican, but he lost. And uh, so and I, I don't know. Personally, I found one of the lessons to be he was he was telling the truth a lot more than I thought he was about being a mm-hmm. firewall. Uh, and and but early on, Ruggiero's response seemed to me to be to get real progressive. He was he was leading the charge on women's equity type yeah. stuff. Um, and even when Mattiello was in office, they they let a vote come on a radical abortion bill, even though they're all pro-life. So that, but they let the vote happen and and pass. Uh, and so they they kind of gave gave ground to progressives. And I hope they're starting to learn. It doesn't help you. It doesn't because they're going to keep coming out after you you can't be radical enough for them because they want the power it's not about they don't actually care about the issues they want the power and so that's how they're going to beat you it over and over the head with this with this kind of radicalism and so hopefully they're starting to pick up on that because i i think i think and they they'll have to take action uh to prove that because i think they're the Mattiello kind of proves that the people who used to buy the whole line, you know, yeah, sure, I'm terrible, but the people who will come after me are worse. The people who used to go, okay, I guess I'll vote for the, the, the establishment Democrat are starting to tire of that because it just has seemed like the the radicals win no matter what. Uh, and so Ruggiero, I think he's been talking um you know, a good game against progressives, but we need to see some real action. And I'm not sure he pulled out the old ploy of, of the uh, eliminating the gas tax uh, or the car tax, I think it was, uh, you know, this, that's not going to, that's not going to work. We need substantive change, sort of like with the Superman building. We, we need a change in the way Rhode Island is, is directed. And I, I think that's, that's the only hope in my view for a lot of these establishment Democrats. Uh, so either they're going to have to really start to put something behind this anti-progressive talk and stop giving into the progressives whenever they can, or, you know, they're going to start having to, maybe <laughs> you can see a future where they start flipping to be Republicans just to, because the, the Democrat brand has been so absorbed by, by, uh, by the progressives, but I, you know, it's nice to see him fighting, but I, against the progressives, it's nice to see them take a couple hits in the media, but it'd be nicer to, to actually get some, some real substantive change in a better direction. I think you're right. It was also one final note is uh, state Senator Tara Mack, who's so extreme, a full, she doesn't say defund the police, abolish the police. She put out on social media. She was not invited to the press briefing for the, uh, the Superman building. What, what I think is interesting about that is um you know why why would they why would they why would they uh, <laughs> invite her she and and then some of the comments were I don't see how this solves the Providence affordable housing problem well this is a developer he's trying to make money he's not trying to solve some of the problems of the city um they, they're just as if basically tone deaf on on how you know business works how government works. Folks, again, our segment is Politics This Week. He is the managing editor at AnchorRising.com, Justin Katz. Justin, great job as always. Happy Easter, and uh, we'll talk to you again. Happy Easter, John. It's great talking to you. The John DePietro Show brought to you by Realtor Pat Elston. Call Pat today, 401-474-5253. There's a link right directly to her on the website, DePietro.com. Caldwell Banker Realty based in Cumberland, 20 years experience, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Pat services all of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Contact Pat Elston today, 401-474-5253, and you can find her right on the website, dipetro.com.
You're listening to The John DePietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, remember, you can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Check out the website, dipietro.com. We have original, unique, exclusive stories, videos, content, all our links to social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. It's all right there, and that's also the best way to reach me. Log on at the website, depetro.com, dipietro.com into brood awakenings and discovered the brood difference two locations in johnston also in cranston pontiac avenue and then also bald hill road in warwick brood awakenings their local fresh ingredients cozy environment great comfortable chairs delicious breakfast sandwiches lunch great drinks and coffee and plenty room to spread out and meet people i'll see you and you'll discover the brood difference at brood awakenings to check out our website dipetro.com dipetro.com which is sponsored by and brought you by the centerdale revival comfort food and cocktails located 2025 smith street in north providence shane and his crew what a wonderful job they've done winner of several rhode island best of awards best of rhode island awards the centerdale revival delicious food cocktails a lot of fun stop it and see them 2025 smith street in north providence you're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Now, while you're there, uh, there's a lot of exclusive stories. Folks, we cover stories the rest of the media ignores. It's real news, whether it's video that we're out at a crime or a protest or various things that are happening, plus other exclusive stories that we break log on at the website that's also the best way to reach me by the way if you'd like to get in touch with me just scroll down a little bit you'll see a a button that says contact john you can also support the program you you can also get some great merchandise in the shop right there at dipetro.com and it's all our links to social media whether it's facebook so you can watch facebook live or also twitter or youtube or instagram so take a minute and then also we have some great sponsors there as well it is a happening check it each day it's depetro.com j perry paving folks you can depend on j perry paving they provide high quality fair pricing exceptional service over 20 years experience specializing in commercial paving residential paving seal coating patios and much more call them today for a free quote 401 732 1730 j perry paving they are tremendous they also how about this once a month they provide a free paved driveway to a veteran and remember whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed call j perry paving for a free quote it makes a huge difference in your property in your home in your driveway or patio 401-732-1730 j perry paving 401-732-1730 you can also find them on facebook they're terrific hey get that driveway paved call and book an appointment now 401-732-1730 for j perry paving into brood awakenings and discovered the brood difference two locations in johnston also in cranston pontiac avenue and then also bald hill road in warwick brood awakenings they're local fresh ingredients cozy environment great comfortable chairs delicious breakfast sandwiches lunch great drinks and coffee and plenty room to spread out and meet people i'll see you and you'll discover the brood difference at brood awakenings